Welcome to another episode of Franz Ward's podcast, Shoveling Smoke. I'm Mike Smith, a partner at Franz Ward. As you know, my partner Chris Kaler and I usually split hosting duties on this podcast, but today we make history as we decide to co-host today. Just like Troy Aikman and Joe Buck calling an NFL game, but we haven't really started drinking yet. You'll just have to trust us on that one. Today's podcast is another effort by us to provide legal perspectives from people outside of Franz Ward. One of the most important groups for us is in-house counsel that our lawyers interact with on a daily basis. So Mike and I are co-hosting today because of the special connection we both have with today's guest, our former partner and friend, Kelly Barnett. Kelly spent 12 years with us as one of the firm's top commercial trial lawyers. Before that, she spent nearly seven years as a Cuyahoga County prosecutor, which included trying major felony cases in the sex crimes unit. In 2019, Kelly decided to move on to an in-house position at Amtrust Financial Services here in Cleveland. Kelly serves as Vice President and Corporate Counsel for Labor and Employment at Amtrust. Kelly also has a strong commitment to the Cleveland community and to mentoring and empowering young women leaders in both the business and legal world. Kelly serves on the board of the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center. She's also been very instrumental in establishing the Cleveland Ladder Down Program, which is a leadership program specifically designed to advance leadership training for women lawyers in Northeast Ohio. And when she gets some free time, Kelly loves to spend it relaxing with her husband, son, and golden retriever. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks for having me here. Great to be here, Chris and Mike. Uh, Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about Ladder Down, since we know that's a real passion of yours? Sure, I love talking about Ladder Down. So Ladder Down is a program from the FDCC, which is the Federation of Defense and Corporate Counsel. It's a year-long program exclusively for women lawyers, and it focuses on developing their leadership, business development, and mentoring skills. It's a program that involves about 30 hours of coaching from a business development and a leadership coach. And then also we have a series of panels of local female leaders including female general counsels, judges, and female rainmakers at other law firms. It's uh, been a a great program here for the city of Cleveland, I think, uh, for Northeast Ohio. It launched here in Cleveland in 2019, and more than 70 women have gone through the program. Um, And it's been great for me personally. I, I did not expect to get anything out of Ladder Down, but I now know 70 more women than I knew two and a half years ago, and they're truly wonderful women who who mentor and support each other, and they're just fabulous lawyers, and it's been great for me to, to watch them succeed and grow in their careers. Well, thanks for doing that. We know that we've had a number of our uh, attorneys, at, at your urging, go through the program, and we know it's really helped them in their development, so thanks for doing yeah, that. And hopefully anybody out there who's listening to this podcast will look into it because by all accounts, it's something to, something special to be part of. Let's talk about what your current role is at, at Amtrust and, and how you transitioned in there. Yes. So I am the only labor and employment attorney for Amtrust. Amtrust is a global commercial insurance company focusing on uh, commercial products, insurance products for small businesses. So I advise our executive team and all of our business partners in the U.S., Europe, Bermuda, and the UK, and all things labor and employment. And I also oversee all of the employment litigation for the company. And how many employees are we talking about? Uh, Amtrust has nearly 5,000 employees globally. So that must keep you hopping. 
Yes, it does. Uh, Cleveland is one of the largest offices for the company. We have about 700 employees here. The corporate headquarters is located in New York. So we have about 4,000 employees in the U.S. and then the remaining employees are spread out in, in various other countries. So it's a very fast-paced, exciting job uh, and it's a great company and it's been hard to believe it's been two years. So let's talk about that. Let's go back two years uh, since you've been there now and you've had some time for a little perspective and a little hindsight. When you were making the cha- the transition from outside counsel to an in-house position, he tells a little bit about what the challenges were in making that transition? Sure. Honestly, really two things uh, were the biggest challenge for me, transitioning from you know the law firm to Amtrust. The first one, without a doubt, was learning about the business. Um, but it's also the most important challenge I faced. I don't know how an in-house attorney can be effective without intimately knowing uh, the business inside and out you know, from the front of the house to the back of the house. Uh, you know, you have to learn how to think like an owner. If you want to be a true business partner, you need to be able to speak the same language as your business partner. So that was my number one and most challenging goal. And how do you do that? Can you just give us a couple tips on how you go about that? Because I think that would also be invaluable for us as outside lawyers to know the business as well, right? Absolutely, without a doubt. For me, you know, what I did to try to learn the business Uh, Some of the more obvious methods were, you know, certainly combing the website, um, looking at any news releases I could find, reviewing the financials that were available to me. But then anytime I was on a call, um, particularly with senior leadership, I took advantage of those opportunities, you know, to ask questions, uh, to ask them about the different lines of insurance, to understand the underwriting side, you know, to understand the reinsurance side, to understand the company's strategic goals and and, and the pain points. Uh, I also signed up for a lot of insurance publications, uh, which are delivered to my inbox every single morning so I can keep on top of current issues. And what, what other challenges in the transition, once you kind of learn the business, then how do you implement strategy in terms of being an effective in-house attorney? Yeah, I mean, I'd say the second challenge for me was learning how to communicate with all levels of the company. So when you think about the transition I made, most of my peers at the firm, and even with the clients that I worked with, were, were mainly lawyers. But once I went in-house to Amtrust, most of you know, my communications and my discussions were with non-lawyers, were with business folks. So I really had to shift my communication approach from leading with, you know, the legal talk and the legal risks to sort of leading with the business and the strategic advice. And that that took some time to learn, but um, it's such a fast-paced environment that I picked it up pretty quickly, especially as I started to learn the business. I assume you're still learning some, huh? Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, Well, because of your unique role, having served both uh, outside with us for a long time and now inside for a couple of years, we're hoping uh, the main thrust of our discussion today would be you providing some insights or or lessons learned that will help people on both sides of the fence. So, you know, what what are some things that you have learned over the past couple of years? First, I think it's very important, whether you're you know, outside counsel or inside counsel, to know and understand your role as the advisor. For me, as an in-house lawyer, that means being you know, a business partner, 
but also a guardian of the company. And then, of course, balancing both of those roles with any ethical considerations I have. So it can be challenging to, to balance those different hats. But for me, um, I, I've adapted pretty quickly. Uh, and, and I think for outside counsel, it's equally important to understand what your role is and to, you know, make recommendations to understand your client's business, to frame the risk and to, you know, help them figure out, you know, whatever problem that they've come to you with. As outside counsel, sometimes maybe this is just me, but we feel that we're uh, the business people look at us as a roadblock or a speed bump on the way to getting business done. Do you still have that? Yes. Yes. And I, I think that, that reputation is even more pronounced for in-house lawyers. I think in-house lawyers, unfortunately, have a reputation of saying no. And the consequence of having that reputation, whether you're inside counsel or outside counsel, is that your clients won't come to you, which is obviously a bad thing, right? You want your clients to come with you before there's a problem. And so I think it's important for both inside and outside counsel not to be that legal roadblock. You need to drop the word no from your vocabulary. You need to think pragmatically. Uh, you need to frame your discussions in terms of not only the legal risk, but also you know, the business risk and try to brainstorm solutions for your client. And you know that's how you become a business partner as an outside counsel or as inside counsel. So in making decisions, what's what's your strategy for doing, or not making decisions because you're not the decider, but Correct. in pre presenting the options, how do you go about that? Well, first of all, I think it's important, again, to understand the business. I don't know how you can provide options without understanding your client's strategic goals and, and the framework within the client's trying to operate, operate whether it's you know strategically or, or financially. And so I, I really just, I mean, that's the key. It's just knowing what the business is and trying to come up with solutions depending on what the particular issue is. But understanding at the end of the day that it's the client's decision to um, you know, go with your advice or not. But I think it's really important to make the recommendation. I think where a lot of some lawyers fall short is they present them with options, but they don't take the next step and, and make that recommendation. And that's just as important as the you know, the options that you're presenting. But brevity, you know, whatever you're doing, make sure you're, you're brief and giving your advice and cutting to the chase. So, you know, we've talked a lot about the, uh, the strategies that you have about serving as an advisor and uh, how to lay out um, options for your client and knowing the business. What other kind of insights can you give us about being a good in-house or even outside lawyer in terms of the relationship with the client? You know, I think for, for both sides of the fence, again, whether you're outside counsel or in-house counsel, um, the importance of continuous networking, I cannot, I cannot say that enough. First of all, it's critically important to develop those relationships so that you develop the trust of your client. You need to develop that trust so that they come to you and so that when you give them advice, especially hard advice that they might not want to hear, they're going to listen to you. Um, you need the ear of your business leaders. For law firm lawyers, you need to be visible and develop you know, those relationships both internally and externally. I think um, obviously law firm lawyers have a different objective in mind. They wanna develop those relationships so that they can bring in clients. But as an in-house lawyer, you know, we need to continue to network too. I think it's very easy for an in-house lawyer to get consumed by what I would call the day-to-day -day chaos. 
uh, that in-house life brings, but we still need to continue to, to build our brand across the legal community. And it's also nice to have relationships with in-house lawyers at other companies as a support network, it's particularly when you're dealing with something unprecedented like, you know, 2020. And then another thing that I think is important or it's been important for me is, is having a growth mindset, whether you're inside counsel or, or outside counsel. What do you mean by that? Well, some people hear the word or the phrase growth mindset and I get the eye roll. Okay, but for me, it's been very important throughout my entire career. I mean, I've been practicing law for almost 22 years now. Um, so for me, I mean, a fixed mindset is somebody who kind of believes that their skills or their gaps or, or whatever they are, are fixed and that they have little control over them. And so someone might say, for example, well, I only know environmental law or I only know M&A law and that's all that I can do. Um, or I can only get a book of business for X amount of dollars, or I'm so shy that I'll never be able to develop a book of business. So they see a gap and they're daunted by it and, and they resist the change and it holds them back. But a growth mindset, at least in my opinion, is someone who's motivated by those gaps and instead of being discouraged by them. And they don't view those gaps as shortcomings, but they view them as opportunities to, to grow you know, grow themselves through you know, dedication and hard work. And they're intentionally and thoughtfully always, you know, pushing themselves and taking risks and failing and, and learning from those risks and getting up and, and doing it, doing it all over again. It can be very scary and intimidating, but that has been critical for me throughout my career to, to have a growth mindset. I could see certainly how that would help as, as outside counsel, expanding your, you know, your quiver um, how has that helped you inside in the last two years? Well, first of all, I, although a lot of in-house lawyers are hired for a specific you know, niche or practice area, so for me it's labor and employment, you are often asked to step outside of your comfort zone, either on a volunteer basis or non-volunteer basis, to pitch in and help in other areas. And the pandemic was a, a great example of, of that. And so you can't turn down those opportunities if you want to develop credibility and trust within the organization within you, you know, that you work in. And so for me, it's raising my hand whenever there's an opportunity to get involved in something else like a finance issue, um, anything that helps me you know, hone in my business skills. And by taking advantage of those opportunities, I think I've really developed uh, a good reputation with my executive team. And so it's just as important for me as it is for someone in a law firm to have that kind of mindset. Kelly, when you were practicing with us here at the firm and you had a question or you needed to collaborate with somebody or wanted to just bounce an idea off somebody, it was easy to just walk down the hall and talk to one of your colleagues or friends. Um, what do you do now that you're in-house? Have you been able to replace that or do, how do you do that? That's a great question. It, you know, going in-house can be very lonely, especially if you're the only lawyer in the practice area. And for me, that's that's the case. I'm the only employment lawyer. So I don't have, I love the people that I work with. I have a great HR team, a great business team, a great executive team, but I'm the only one who's there to answer the questions about labor and employment issues. So I don't have people internally that I can go to. I just try to figure it out. Um, and it's, Something I've become very good at uh, is just figuring out um, being, you know, it's a very fast paced environment. So I don't have a lot of time to, to research 
and do some of the things that I might have done at the firm. But it's, it's just me. Sometimes I'll call outside counsel to maybe get a second opinion or talk through an issue. But normally it's, it's too fast paced for me to, to collaborate. I have to, I have to come up with the advice and give it to my executive team so they can move on it. I guess that's where your growth mindset comes in. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's better. I've learned in house. Sometimes it's better to be done than perfect that you don't have time for perfect. You just don't. So is there anything you miss about law firm practice other than Chris and me? Well, I think Chris just mentioned one of them, and that is having that support network of lawyers right down the hall. I do have a great team of people that I work with. I love the people at Amtrust. They're just wonderful. They're very bright. I have a great HR team. But I do miss having that camaraderie of lawyers right down the hall to kind of bounce ideas off of. That's what I miss the most. Kelly, at the end of our podcast, we've been asking our guests to leave the listeners with a couple takeaways. Are there any final takeaways that you'd like to give our listeners today? Sure. The first one is keep developing and maintaining relationships, whether you're you know, inside counsel or outside counsel, whether we're talking about internal stakeholders or lawyers at your firm or external relationships. You never know where you're going to land or where they're going to land and how those relationships could be important down the line. The second thing is learn your client's business. That is the best way to be a great advisor to your clients, whether they're inside counsel or outside counsel. And then the third thing I'd say is take a calculated risk. Get outside of your comfort zone. Get used to being comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think all three of those things have been critical for me. And I think they're critical for any lawyer to to develop, no matter what stage of your career that you're at. So again, the three takeaways that Kelly provided, keep and maintain those relationships, learn your client's business, and take some risk, expand your knowledge base and, and, and grow yourself. So, Kelly, thanks very much. It's really, you know, we see you occasionally, but it's nice to have you back at the firm. And uh, we, we miss having you here. I'll speak on behalf of Mike. We miss having you here, but it's so it's good to be able to uh, get together and talk to you again. Thanks. It was great to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming, Kelly. We appreciate it. So that wraps up uh, yet another episode of Shoveling Smoke. Thank you for checking in with us, and we hope you listen in next time. Shoveling Smoke is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Our producer and audio engineer is Sean Rule Hoffman. Thanks for listening.